My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Some women love people saying, oh, you're beautiful. I love your dress. I love your shoes. I'm not really into that. I love the fact that I get my self-esteem from my properties. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with property sales expert, Rain Swan. You'll learn how the successful single mother of four was able to make properties worth millions of dollars, how she overcame money difficulties and her upcoming plans to continue building her portfolio that could inspire you and much, much more. Despite confronting obstacles along her property investing journey, Swan reflects on the moments where everything just clicked for her. There was a mall in Maruka that I used to um, I used to go there and walk around and I used to say in my mind, one day I'm going to own this and it came up for sale and I remember when someone told me it was for sale, I just got in my car and I just drove there and I looked at it and I said, you know, I rang up the agent and said, I want a contract. So this mall has 13 retail shops. I paid 980000 for this property, okay? It's now worth about $5 million, but the good thing about this, it's returning me $360,000 per annum. That is my best, best, best asset. But listen to this. It's also, you can really add value to this place. In the back where the furniture shop is, I can build... 15 units, that's one option. The second option, you sell it to a developer and eventually you'd be able to, because it's it's only six, seven kilometres from town. So that is my, apart from, I'd say, the block of units, that mall, I mean, you know, I go there, I feel really good, I own this mall, and they all go, hello, boss, hello, boss, you know. And, and I'm really good to my tenants. Recently, I went to them and I said, look, we're going through bad times, I'll give you... 50% off for the next three months and they were really, really grateful and uh, I, no one had to ask me to do that. I just did that. Swan explains how exactly she came across this particular property. I had a business partner who just worked down the road. He rang me and said the mall's for sale. So I knew which one he was talking about because he kept ringing me and saying, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? I'd say, nah, nah, nah. And as soon as he mentioned this one, I knew what he was talking about and it was really bad. It was dilapidated. It was returning at the time probably 70000 70, a year 
And, uh, yeah, we did some renovations to it upstairs and now it's returning a lot of money. And what I did with that, I used that as um, leverage to buy the development site in, you know, the one we're talking about, the BOSS development. Uh, because the way I do things, I use, I, I use properties to leverage on other properties. I'm not really attached to money. I don't go out and buy, you know, luxury things and cars. My properties are like my children. Uh, I'm different to other people where they just buy property because because I've done so much renovation and I get close to my tenants. I don't want to sell anyone, I, uh, any any of them. I used to buy and flip before, but now I buy and hold. I am not going to sell anything. And, and it's been a little bit tough at times with different, you know, I went through the flood in 2011 and my commercial property in Milton, uh, which is only like two kilometres from the city, it was totally underwater. I wasn't insured. I wasn't insured. And I had to pay 140000 to get it back. And now I've turned that property, which is a, like I like having my everything. So that was my commercial property where I work from. And, um, yeah, so I've turned it into meetings at Milton, which is my own events venue. Uh, I've got my own property, my own office, my own events. I can have my own training without having to go around looking for somewhere to rent and it's available for rent. As a successful investor, Swan tells us how she got into larger scale unique property developments. With the boss development, which is the 46 unit, I'm, I'm the brain behind everything. I have a business partner and what's happened is that when we did that in 2007, I bought it for 700000 and about 18 months later, I was offered $2.5 million. Now, I should have sold it then, but I was a little bit vain in those days. I wanted this Orane sanctuary on Edward. I was going to build this building, but then we had the GSC. So I use a lot. I've got On this one, I have a business partner and he pays all the outgoings and things like that. Now, I own 80% of Boss Development, but I've just decided, you know, recently that I'll probably give him 50% because, you know, he's been paying a lot of it and we've held it for so long. So my goal as soon as this pandemic's over is to build these units because the site's too nice not to build because it's, you know, it's on the river. And also, I've already spoken to the council and they're really behind me at the moment to build this because mine's pretty upmarket. And so they want, uh, they want upmarket buildings going up in that area. And there's a lot of people looking for rentals. It's not like in a city where it's, we've got a glut at the moment. Uh, people who live out there, they're really looking for rentals because of the university and the hospitals and all that sort of thing. So, and I did buy, as I said, I bought another one, which was, um, that was a really funny day. I bought some uh, block of land on the waterfront. It was 1.7 million, but it was worth 2 million in those days. And I remember going to the auction and I was bidding against everyone and I didn't care. I just, I just wanted to bid and just win this, you know, because uh, it was such a nice block. And um, so that's the, probably the gambler in me. <laughs> I'm a bit of a. I suppose I gamble with with bricks and mortar. I don't gamble on horses or anything else. Swan goes on to discuss the whole process of finding these kinds of properties and how she managed to strike particular deals. 
With this particular property at Kabulcha, I had another business partner that I used to sell all these properties. And um, he came to me and said, Lorraine, I want to buy this place, the Kabulcha, it's a good block, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to buy it with me? And I said, yes. So I bought it with him. And then six months later, he came to me and he said, look, I don't want to own that anymore. I want you to buy me out. Because he was really into too many things. He didn't focus on, he's gone broke. So I bought that his share and hence the reason why I own 80% of that site. And uh, and I have a business partner who owns 20% of that site. So once you get to the thing is I don't really use my own money because I'm good at what I do. People trust me and I've got a lot of knowledge because, you know, I haven't just started. I mean, there's a lot of people who read books and then they regurgitate and you, you see these 20-something people on YouTube going, oh, you know, invest in property. And I'm thinking, what do you know? I'm experienced. I walk my talk. Do you know what I mean? And I've got, you know, I'm earning 540000 in rental income a year. So my goal in life has, has not really been to to um, buy and flip, it's been to create residual income, which gives me power because, you know, some days I don't get out of bed, some days I don't work today because I don't have to. I, all I do once a month, at the end of the month, I just go and check whether they've paid their rent or not. And I love doing that, but most of them pay their rent. I don't have any problems. But with regards to the development side, getting a DA is not that hard. You've just got to deal with the right people, the architect, the town planner, this, that and the other. It's just the way. And I'm, anything you do, it's just the way of doing it. And I did have a few friends, uh, William, who'd, who'd actually built a few units who helped me with that. But recently, we're talking about two months ago, I was actually talking to a finance broker about getting a joint venture partner um, to build the units uh, with me. And um, so that's probably where my next step will be because whilst other people go looking for new deals all the time, which is what I used to do, I don't really need to do that now because I've got this development site, I've got the mall that I can do something with. Um, I've got uh, that's probably the two, but 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 doing those two is worth a few million dollars. Do you know what I mean? Like if you built fifteen units in the back, well, that's worth. There'd be a lot of profit in there and rental income. So that's my goal for the next you know next five years or so to do that. And I wanted to increase my rental income to a million dollars, right? <laughs> But the problem with that is because I have been a little bit lazy and complacent, I actually went and had a bit of an accident in Mauritius a couple of years ago, so I hurt my back and my knee. So I've been a little bit less motivated to do things until three months ago where I sort of got a few people together and say, right, I'm building the units and what do we do? And we were going to buy a lot of the material from China but that doesn't look possible now because of what's happening. So I just have to wait and see what's going to happen with the economy because I don't believe in taking big risks, like not right now. 
because I, I could potentially lose everything. That's true. And I think this is a, a strategy, I guess, and a sort of defensive play just to see what's going to happen next before making any big, bold moves, which is important because this is unprecedented. We don't know, even know what's going to happen in the future as well. No one's ever been through this. I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen. All I know, some of my rental income, like I've, I've got one unit in Paddington, never had any problems renting it. It's been empty for six weeks. So I went to a few of my tenants yesterday and I said, look, if you sign another six months this, I'll give you I'll give you a discount. So they've all signed up because I'm I'm sort of proper preparation presents poor performance. So I'm just sort of going ahead and just to make sure they still stay. And if they do leave, well, I'm covered by insurance. So for the next six months, I'm fine. But no one knows what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I have been through this before. The GFC in the 90s where we went through the recession, the floods. And you know what? In life, there's always winter and and summer and dark and light, you know? So, look, I'm quite happy that – I'm not happy that this is happening. Don't get me wrong. But it's not affecting me. I just go through the flow and every day I wake up and I go through the flow and I listen to the news. But I, I really do – I don't really think it's going to affect property. I don't think in Brisbane because our prices are quite low and, and with everything, they're spending $2 billion here, there and everywhere. So I think we'll be okay, but it's just going to take a little while. And this, I don't think anybody should really worry. I mean, I don't really have anything to worry about because, you know, I get rental income, so I'm not going to lose my job. Um, <laughs> you know, I just make sure I manage it well. She goes on to discuss more about her portfolio and the different kinds of properties she has purchased. I used to do residential and then I wanted to go to the next level. Buying four four units was really a bit daunting for me, right? So after I bought the four units, I decided to buy my own commercial property because I want to be in control of my life. So I bought the commercial property and then I refinanced the commercial property and I bought the mall, right? And then uh, so the mall has uh, 14... Uh, retail shops, commercial property. I used to rent it up and down and have two tenants. Uh, the block of units has four tenants. Now, in the back of the block of units, there's a block of land that was 900 square meters, right? So my tent, my the, the lady who lived in the back rang me and said, "Orange Swan, do you want to buy my block of my house, the block of land?" And I didn't even think about it. I didn't even do any research. I said, "Yes, I'll take it." And so I bought it and paid quite a hefty price for it. But what that did, I've just done another development, which I haven't told you about, in the back of Paddington. I moved the house forward and I built a duplex in the back. Now, this block was a really bad block and really like both of my subdivisions was (laughs) really taxing on my mental health. Because when I built this, my architect helped me, but when I built this, he didn't do his research because I basically said to him, okay, we'll do this together, but I'm paying you to do all of the above town planning. But he didn't do, I think he was a bit ill. He didn't do the research. So when I built this, I had to build over sewer, build over stormwater, blah, blah, blah. Then the tenants next door were complaining. It took me... 2013, 2014, 15, finally 2016 in August, I actually settled on it. 
the you know, with every bad thing that happens, there's a good thing. I now owe, like I used to get 500. So I sold one of the duplex, so I own the other one outright. So I basically turned my backyard into $900,000, right? And um, and so the back one, it's really quite nice, got a back deck. I've just rented it to Rio Tinto for $865. I rent it all, but it's furnished. So I get eight sixty five for the back, and I get seven hundred and ten for the front. So what that's done is created rental income for me, and the back one because I don't have any debt on it. So um, yeah, I own it outright now. So and it's really close to the city. It's like two kilometres, and it's a really good area, and it's just going to keep going up because that area is really going ahead. So that is like I feel so proud (laughs) when people come to the block of units. I say, oh, yeah, but I own the one in the back and the one in the front as well. And it makes me feel like some women love people saying, oh, you're beautiful. I love your dress. I love your shoes. I'm not really into that. I love the fact that I get my self-esteem for my properties. And they're not just properties, as I said. It's part of my life. It is part of me. And if you took these properties away from me, I wouldn't know what to do with my life because, you know, they're... Yeah, they're they're part of me. I've been doing it for so long and I love them. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's very different to the way other people would say, oh, who's this crazy woman talking like that? But when you actually take an ugly duckling, like I've got a house in Baden. I only paid 400000 for it. It was not that nice. I've spent money on it. I'm just about to put a $20,000... uh, bathroom in it, but it's valued now. The one across the road sold for 1.6 million, so I bought it for four, right? So it's now 1.6, and I haven't spent that much money on it. Perhaps 100, and it returns 1,600 dollars, um, 1,600 yeah dollars a week. So that's a really good return, and I was renting it as a mother of four. Swan was driven to succeed. And we discovered her motivation behind property investing. When my husband left me and, you know, I thought that he was going to stay with me forever and, you know, his parents had properties and that sort of thing. I thought, oh, I'm going to be fine, going to leave us properties, blah, blah, blah. And when he left me, it was this, who is going to look after me when I'm old? That was my main, it was like a mantra. See, You know, a lot of people don't realise they need to save and invest for their retirement because, you know, like there's, I don't know, 60% of women who retire now, that they're going to be living in poverty. I'm not because I planned my life. I saved, I invested and I didn't buy all the designer clothes and now I can walk into a, you know, I walked in last year and I bought a brand new BMW because I could, I wanted to. And, yeah, so you've got to uh, delay instant gratification, I keep saying. Delay instant gratification and then so that you have a better life down the track. Now, some people these days, they're all about, you know, I want it now, I want it now. So if that's what you want, fine, but, you know, wait till you're older. Because I have a lot of friends who were very wealthy um, that I knew years ago and they used to drive the nice car, the Reeboks, the whatever, and I didn't. I had a Datsun 120Y, right? And when I drove it, my kids used to say, don't drive in front of the school, please, just 
drive up the road because they were embarrassed. And I didn't care because I knew what I was doing. I had a goal and I'm sticking to my goal. And, yeah, basically that's what happened. Coming up after the break, we hear if Orane Swan ever had any mentors that helped her along her property journey. No, I didn't have any mentors at all when it came to that. The people came to me. I was the mentor. Um, I was a big risk taker and I understood property. The best advice she has ever received? If you work on your job, you make a living. If you work on yourself, you make a fortune. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Swan shares with us if she ever came across mentors or resources that inspired her along her journey. I've never, ever, ever had a mentor to do with property. I have, with regards to my personal development, I've read a lot of books because in my day, they they didn't have that. And I'm telling you, what I had, it was, you know how some people can draw and some people can play music? I really do think I inherited my dad's mind because he has that same mind. I can work things out in my head. Um, No, I didn't have any mentors at all when it came to that. The people came to me. I was the mentor. Um, I was a big risk taker and I understood property and I knew that every property I bought bar one, which was a townhouse across the road from the beach, which I still own, that's like I wanted that so I can go and, you know, go, go there on the weekends down the track. But every property I've bought, it's always been, I can add value, I can add value. My ex used to say, oh, don't buy something to add value. Just buy a low-set brick and you'll get really good tax deduction. And I said, no, I want to buy things that I can add value to. And all the ones that um, I, I can't add value to, I had another townhouse at Turingo, I sold that. Um, yeah, so everything I've got left at the moment are really prime property because they're in Paddington, Milton, Barden, which is upmarket professional areas. It's, it's, I still own the one in the Burbs and I gave it to my daughter. She said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> she doesn't want to live out there. So, yeah, so um, I'm quite happy with where I am. I mean, along the way, you know, there's been a lot of... Um, mistakes where I've trusted people and they've, they've taken money from me and that happens a lot. But I've got to tell you, it's really easy to make money. What's hard is to keep the money. And sometimes people make the mistake of when things get bad, they sell. So many people, they just sell. Oh, I can't handle this. But what I used to do, if things got bad, I used to move out of my house, but I could rent for very high price and move into one of my lesser house and just live there for six months while I was getting the cash flow. I was willing to do whatever it took to get me to where I wanted to go. And this is the mindset that I have. My mindset, I believe that, look, sometimes people go and learn about property, but mindset is everything. It's mindset that got me to where I am. It's mindset, nothing else. It's just, you know, disappointment in life 
can lead you to ruin and destruction because you go, oh, I'm bankrupt, I'm this, I'm that. But you've got to learn the art of transmuting your emotion, your mindset into dreams and success. And that's what I did. And um, so I used whenever I was depressed or whatever, I'd go in a room and I'd paint my walls. So it took me off. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew once I painted the room or did what built a deck, I'd feel good and then the prices would go up in value. She goes on to share with us her book and audio recommendations that have ultimately inspired her. I've read a lot of books, but you see, for me, I know a lot of people, they say, oh, I want to get into property, I want to get into property, and that's all they think about. You can't think about that because we're a body, a mind, and a soul, and a physical, and everything else. You've got to get the other areas of your life together, okay? So I read, uh, I listened to this woman called Carolyn Mitz. She's like more of a spiritual guru. And what she actually did for me, and I didn't mean to listen to her, Somebody dropped off some tapes on my doorstep. I don't even know who this person is. She saw that I had issues because, you know, I've been divorced. I had four kids. I had low self-esteem because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she left that on my doorstep and I started listening to it and I listened to it all the time because she talks about self-esteem and all that sort of thing. And I read Unlimited Power. I read The Power of Your Subconscious subconscious mind I used to listen to a lot of Wayne Dyer and and now I just listen to whoever but I never really read anything about how to subdivide how to develop how to create rental income I've never ever ever in my life done anything of that because when it came to property and it came to selling or business I was so good at it that I didn't really need nor want anyone to tell me what to do because right now I can't say my ex-husband helped me, my ex-boyfriend helped me, my brother, my sister, I did this alone and that's what I wanted. I just wanted to do this and this is all about my skills. So when I leave this world, it's like I've done something in my life instead of just sitting around and, you know, like most women do <laughs> and wait to death. The diligent investor reflects on the best advice she has ever received throughout her property journey. I used to listen to a lot was Jim Rohn. He actually inspired me a lot. There's something he said to me that I used to have on my wall, right? If you work on your job, you make a living. If you work on yourself, you make a fortune. When, like, it's true. If you work in a job, like all these people in a job now, they're going to lose their jobs. But if you work on yourself, you start, like with me, I learned about financing and I'll tell you what saved me. When I forgot to tell you in 2009, went through the financial crisis, right? I cross-collateralized all my properties and that's why I could buy so many properties because, you know, NAB used to say, um, yeah, I used to say, well, I want a million, yeah, 1.7, yeah, because they had all my assets and it was in good. But what happened in 2009, they came to me and said, dear Mrs. Swan, we will not be, you know, they didn't want my business because they thought I was going under. So I had to get that portfolio and it was so stressful. I had to refinance every single one of them to different banks. Now I've got NAB, BOQ, Rams, St. George. 
So nobody can, you know, if anybody out there is cross-collateralizing so they can buy more properties, do not do it because I tell you, that cost me a lot of money. If that didn't happen to me, you know, things would be a lot better for me and that really, really stressed me out. And, um, yeah, so never cross-collateralize a business like the mall or commercial property with your residential. Keep them separate. Keep them separate. I didn't know that. So the only thing that saved me was the fact that I used to be a finance broker. And so when I went to buy a deal or do a deal, I used to tell the brokers what I wanted. I used to say, this is the way you put this deal together because I understood finance. If you want to do really well in property, you need to understand finance what the bank require, blah, 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 so you can give them what they need. You know, if you don't know about finance, forget it. I mean, you know, that was one of the things that, apart from my mindset, I think understanding finance was just, you know, it helped me so many times. If the renovation expert had some time to reflect on her past self 10 years ago, we find out what she would have said to herself. Hold never flip <laughs> because there's a few properties that I flipped only because like when I went through the GSC, I had to flip this one at Chawang. It was on two lots, but it was something that I could sell really quickly to get out of trouble, right? Don't flip. I know a lot of people go, oh, you need to flip and then, but by the time you pay the agent, by the time you pay land tax, you pay this, it's stupid. And also, what else? You associate with like-minded minds. That's so important. Um, at the beginning, I didn't do that. I was just hanging around, you know, not not really good people. Um, and uh, uh, what was I, was I going to say? Um, habits that contributed to my success. You've got to eliminate negative people from your life because sometimes you want to do something and you've got, I've got, I've got it around me right now. I wanted to do a bathroom. So I woke up yesterday and said, I'm doing my bathroom. So I got someone to come and demolish. I've got two friends walking and say, why do you want to build a bathroom? We're going through a pandemic. Why do you want to spend money? I said, well, just because we're going to a pandemic, I'm not going to stop living. Do you know what I mean? So basically, you've got to stay away from, uh, you know, negative people. And because I had a lot of that, my mother, this, that and the other, and a lot of even my ex-boyfriend used to say, don't buy this, don't do this, don't do that. And used to say, don't buy commercial, it's really risky. And, you know, I said, well, I'm buying it, it's my money. So, yeah, so that's what I would say. And also... Um, Okay, there's a lot of time that I bought out of impulse, okay, and I didn't do my research properly. I just bought out of emotion, like, for example, the commercial property that I own. I didn't know it was in a flood area. So when I went through the flood, I come from Sydney. I don't know what a flood is. I've never been through a flood. So when my sister rang me that morning and said, oh, there's going to be a flood, and I said, she'll be right. <laughs> But by the time I came here, the water had just come up. So I've got a, I'm a bit impulsive. I was when I was younger, really impulsive. I just go in and I say, yeah, I'll take it. And sometimes I didn't do my due diligence. It still made me money and it's still great properties. So I think that's one of the things that, 
if I look back at my and also if I look back at my life I would be less emotional I was really emotional and something would go bad I would just go to bed and oh my god I can't cope what's going to happen and that's what I talk about with you about your mood and mindset because if you learn to be your mind's master and not its slave when something happens like at the moment we're going through stuff I'm not upset I'm fine and even if I lost property who cares do you know what I mean so I've learned to train my mind to be positive but I'm telling you I've only been like this maybe 10 years it's less and I've just learned and people need to understand that when they go through bankruptcy, when they go through divorce, when they go through whatever, they need to get their mood and your mindset go hand in hand. If people don't understand that, because your thoughts, which is your mind, create your emotions. So you say to yourself, oh, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. So you've got to always be at the door of your mind and keep telling you, I can do it. You know, you know, I can do it. I will do it. It will be okay. And I think that's what I do all the time. I don't really allow negative negativity in my head anymore, whereas before I was controlled by it because I've had a mother that was just the most negative person in the world and she was fearful. My life was full of fear. So what I've done is I've turned my life from fear to financial freedom, whereas before I could only do property. Now I feel that I have you know, the talent to be able to do whatever I want to do because I've got my mind right. Swan paints a picture for how her property investment journey might look like in the next five years. That's my last chapter of my life. That's what I want to do. And also with them all, um, there's money to be made in that. I mean, we're talking about both of them having, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, maybe six million profit. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I don't really want to go and look at properties and buy and sell. Look, to be honest, Right now, I'm just, I've got a personal banker. I was talking to him yesterday and he basically said to me, people who want to buy investment property at the moment, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. So, so say a property is worth a uh, million dollars. They are valuing it at 800000 and the banks, they, the banks used to take, say, 80% of your rental income, right? So... Because of, of what's happening, they're not taking 80% now. They're taking like 60%. So people are going to find it really, really hard to get into property unless you're cashed up. If you're cashed up, it's a fantastic time to buy because there's a lot of good deals out there. But if you're just a you know, normal mum and dad looking for investment property, I would say wait. I wouldn't buy anything right now only unless you're getting it for like one, two 200000 below value. But I, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Uncharted waters. Never have we experienced this before. Last question for you, Irene, is how much of your success is due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it is because of luck? Everything is due to my skill, my personality. I'm a Virgo, so I'm very sort of, um, I, I just do everything like I check everything. Like when I'm saying, well, I didn't, check with the flooding but that's the only thing I didn't check but I'm very um how can I say well put it this way maybe moving to Sydney was luck um moving to Sydney was luck because I got this job if I hadn't 
got that job, I don't think I'd be where I am now. And I think I got the job because they, in those days, I was good looking. I had the right personality and I, I don't know, I presented well and I was a really great salesperson. So that was probably luck, but not just luck, as well as skills. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't think it's luck. It's it's definitely skills because I, I actually worked on myself, the finance broking, got a real estate license. I was a property. See, what happened, I started as a, I had a job, then I became self-employed, and then I started buying commercial properties, and then I had a business. So I've actually done everything. So you can't do that out of luck. You've got to, you've got to you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm good at this thing. I mean, everybody looks at me and they scratch their head and they go, how did you do this? I said, I don't know. I just got a skill. I just know what to do. It's just one of these things, just like playing guitar or or, or doing whatever. Some people are really great at computers. I'm hopeless at computers. I don't want to know. <laughs> I haven't got enough rant in my brain for that. Thank you to Lorraine Swan, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.